I think it's like really important that we're able to create pieces of art that make people think about indigenous plant life as well and like pollinators. I think that's really, really important. Bonjour, Anin. Welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Cole Primo. And I'm your other host, Leah Lem. Miigwech for joining us. Native Lights is at its core a place for Native folks to tell their stories. Every week we have great conversations with wonderful guests from a bunch of different backgrounds. People doing this, doing that, doing the other thing. It's really fun. It's a great mix of passions, of voices, of gifts. And we talk about those gifts and how they share them with the community. And it all centers around the big point of purpose in our lives. And today we get to share another great voice, Cole. How's it going? Yeah, it's going great. While you were giving the introduction, I was giving the doggo Stanley a quick pet, you know, hmm. just, just loving him up a little bit. But uh, doing great. How are you doing? How is Stanley? <laughs> he's good. He's, a, he's 11. He's just enjoying the, the, sun, the sun right now and just laying waiting for me to take him out for a nice little walk. <laughs> does Stanley like the snow? He does. He doesn't like the salt, though, that I think's thrown a bit too liberally around uh, yeah. uh, on the sidewalks. So we'll put booties on him, you know, and <laughs> that, he doesn't like that too much. So <laughs> I wonder if dogs know why they have booties on. No, I, I, <laughs> they just they think we hate them, I guess. That's probably the only thing. It's better than the salt. <laughs> but I do have another pop culture reference for today. There's this new show on Hulu called Unprisoned. It's with the actor Kerry Washington. And uh, Maria kind of lightly encouraged me to do it. I was like, I don't know if I want to watch this. And I reluctantly watched it. But there was a, a name drop uh, <laughs> that was kind of kind of great. The show setting is in the Twin Cities, so you'll see like oh. shots of... Uh, Bidet Macasca and things like that. It, uh, oh, cool. But of course, it's filmed mostly in LA. <laughs> but, anyways, the, the, it was just like a random conversation, and the guy's like, Do you want to go check out uh, some indigenous dumplings today at Ooh. Wamni? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm wow. like, What is going on? What is this alternative re- reality? Like, <laughs> It was just really random because I did not expect that it would, number one, be in the Twin Cities, and then number two, to uh, mention, to name drop an an indigenous, uh, you know, food outlet. Love it. So, yeah. No, that's that's great. So, Unprisoned, did you say that was on Hulu? Is that the one where the woman... um, like her dad is getting out of prison. Yeah, so she's trying to like kind of reestablish her relationship. It's like a it's a dramedy, as they say. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I saw <laughs> a trailer minutes. for it. It looks pretty good. And if there's anything that we like, it's a good name drop. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. It's like the meme with Leonardo DiCaprio from Once Upon a Time in oh, what's that? But he's like sitting up in his chair and pointing at the TV, and it's like oh. the meme used like when when you notice something from your state is being. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely that was definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> but on to our awesome. show today, we're s- switching it up a little bit, and I'll be presenting a conversation I had with today's guest. I'm very excited to 
to present that. Uh, it was it was a great chat. Um, Thanks for doing that. It was a last minute switch up. <laughs> And instead of rescheduling, you did it yourself because just, your old show sis must was, go on. was down and out. So <laughs> I, I appreciate you taking no, over. It's all good. And keeping all it good. going. <laughs> I told her you have to deal with me now because just. <laughs> My sister's tum tum hurts. <laughs> Leah usually asks the great questions, and I'm, oh, you're going to no. just have to deal with me. <laughs> no, you do. No, but it was cool. it was great. It was great. So, um, our guest today is Thomasina Topbear. Thomasina, or Tommy, as she prefers to be called, is a self-taught artist, muralist, published illustrator, and organizer from the Oglala, Lakota, and Santee Dakota nations. Specializing in large-scale murals, her work can be seen on the sides of buildings throughout the Twin Cities, where I live down here in the cities, and across the country as well. Um, I talked to her about City Mischief Murals, which she co-founded. It's an all-Indigenous, Black, and Pacific Islander artist collective. And she had some great things to say about how murals can build a strong community, went into in-depth on the process, how she got into it, and uh, a lot more. So, But first, uh, some introductions from Tommy herself. Uh-huh. Um- my name is Thomasina Topbear. Um, I do go by Tommy. Um, I am uh, Santee Dakota in Ogallala, Lakota, and rolled down Pine Ridge on my mother's side. But I'm an artist here in the Twin Cities. Um, I mainly do like large scale murals, but I'm kind of just like um, a student of life. So I'm always learning new or trying to learn new skill sets and things like that. All right. So, following uh, some introductions, I of course had to ask your patented question, Leah, on what's at the top of Tommy's mind at the time. And it had to do with something I was going to ask anyway. So I would say what's on the top of my mind right now is um, currently I'm working with um, a group of amazing women artists through um, Hennepin Theater Trust and all my relations uh, with the WASH cohort. Um, So that's like, we are still here. Um, So it's all uh, native artists. And so um, what I'm doing is I'm guiding them through the muraling process. And so I'm actually at all my relations gallery right now, um, just stepping away, taking a little break for this. Um, and so they're um, they're in the space right now creating their first mural um, and it's going to cover the entire walls. Um, and so uh, the topic that they chose to focus on was um, uh, boarding school like trauma and then healing through culture. Um, so we've been doing, right now we're working on the Milky Way and it was at this point uh, Tommy took the Zoom call into the other room to show me the mural. So they're here right now painting. So this is, uh, yeah, the Milky Way. We're adding in a cottonwood tree. But yeah, so there's three of um, three folks in the cohort. And so, and it's all women. Um, it just happened to be that way. And so, yeah, it's very exciting. With the WASH cohort, um, it was... Um, Mary Jean uh, from Hennepin Theater Trust and then Angela, two stars from here from All My Relations Gallery that reached out to ask me to come in and just like kind of like um, share what I know about muraling and creating like large scale pieces. And so, and that's something that's always been really important to me is like sharing community knowledge and just like, um, because that's how we grow and that's how we get better. And, you know, it's, it's traditional. 
it really interested me that it was like an all native cohort. Um, and then teaching like, you know, these native women, like to create murals, I'm, I'm very excited that there's going to be like more, um, native art on a landscape that's like painted by native people. So I think that's uh, what I'm most excited about. That's so cool. Like I yeah. love a good mural. I feel yeah, like right? it gives this feeling of belonging, of living and being in a place that is experiencing love and care. She's definitely going to get into more on you know how murals can affect a, a passerby and um, kind of what she hopes the audience to get from it. So yeah, to get more into uh, the mural aspect, I first wanted to hear about you know what they mean to her and a lot of it has to do with community. Murals are a great way to like spread messages and share information, right? Because they're just these giant things. Like they're essentially like these permanent billboards on the sides of buildings that like people are going to see. Um, and so I feel like having important content in those uh, murals helps build a stronger community. Um, and so I do think that is important when creating public pieces of art. So like when I like paint murals, I don't like, I'm not really just doing it for me. Like I'm, I'm doing it like um, with community usually. So I always invite folks in to come and paint, to learn how to paint, um, you know, and I try to do it in a fluid way where people can just like stop in and stop by if they're not busy that day. Um, community engagement is really important for me. So like asking folks what they want to see um, because they live and work in these neighborhoods. And, you know, um, I think it's important as artists that we have an understanding that like we are like um, working for the community, right? Um, and we just have like this skill set that we're able to like translate these messages into like pictures, but I think we all do. And so, you know, I think that we're all artists, like as people. And so I think that sometimes people, um, don't necessarily have those outlets. So that's what makes me, um, very excited about having people come and join, but also they have other people's messages up there too. Right. Yeah. So I definitely found that community building aspects of murals to be fascinating, uh, I know we recently talked to uh, the folks at ACO, the American Indian Community Housing Organization in Duluth. There's this big mural of a water protector, mm -hmm. and it just builds that awareness uh, to issues that people who happen to walk by, drive by, didn't necessarily know before, uh, or just as a way to connect with the community. Yeah. Okay, Cole, question. Yes. If you could put a mural... <laughs> I know you're excited for this. If you could put a mural up, like outside your building, what would it be? I don't know, but I know I'd probably hire Thomasina and Steve, our uncle, to work on it. Um, there you go. <laughs> probably something. Uh, you playing guitar. <laughs> yeah, just super, super <laughs> vain. <laughs> or, you know, uh, we had that picture of one of our old relatives in the, yeah. back in the day with his violin, so that would be a good... That'd be a good one to, to do. Something music related, something not a, not dreary, of course. It's gotta be yeah. uplifting. But <laughs> but also epic and cool, maybe some video game elements, you know, whatever. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it sounds like it's got a little John Jonathan Thunder vibes in there too. Yeah, Jonathan, there you go. Jonathan Thunder. <laughs> I would like to see a bunch of smiling native people, honestly. There you go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. 
Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today, we're presenting a conversation with Tommy Topbear, a self-taught artist, muralist, published illustrator, and organizer from the Oglala Lakota and the Santee Dakota Nations. Before we get too far into her work uh, with murals, I wanted to just go back to the beginning uh, of her art. And uh, Tommy talked about where she got her start as an artist and also touched on a great group that she's involved in. It's called Few and Far. So um, I got into painting because of, uh, I started doing graffiti when I was about 14. And so I've been um, using spray paint as like a, a medium for for over half my life now. Yeah, so I started doing that when I was 14 and then I started traveling to meet other um, graffiti writers and like other painters. So I go to different cities um, and then I met up with um, some wonderful folks down in San Antonio and um, Mimi and Deity from Few and Far. Um, we all painted a mural down there together. And um, the next year I just like, kept going and meeting up with them. And then I'm a part of Few and Far now, so uh, which is really tight. Few and Far is um, a group of women, now international um, graffiti artists, street artists, skateboarders. And there's about 19 artists on the, the painting side. And so what we do is we travel around, we paint these murals together, and we'll throw like community festivals and events, um, um, just really to empower like um, other women, young women, you know, because graffiti was like a very male dominated um, like subculture. And so um, I think it's important that we have these types of groups that come together and help each other because it wasn't always the easiest growing up um, without like having that support. But yeah, so I got into it for graffiti. Yeah, and on top of that, she also co-founded a mural collective, and it has a great mission. I also run this collective called City Mischief Murals. And so what we do is we focus on healing through art. And um, that name kind of just comes from the fact that we all were like a little mischievous. I like to think it's like the good side of being mischievous. But we all do have like, um, most of us have a graffiti background. So we all grew up doing that. And, um, a lot of us have social work backgrounds too, um, or working in nonprofits. So that was one thing when I was younger, um, I used to do case management and street outreach. Um, uh, but that's all taxing work, right? Like that's heavy stuff. And, um, I found that doing art and community art, uh, was a way where I could keep giving back to the community or like keep participating, giving something that where I could also like sustain myself. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of where it comes from. Joyce Fika is the other co-founder of City Mischief, and she's been working with um, with youth for quite some time now, um, probably like 15 years. But now she's currently out doing tattooing. Uh, <laughs> so it's really tight. So yeah, this is a perfect example of sharing your gifts with your community, and they get to do this. Tommy gets to do this in a very visual way, in a very... Um, uh, in a way that is bright and visible. So, yeah, that's pretty great. Definitely. And just because I'm curious, you know, and I'm, I don't know about you, Leah, but the process of creating a mural is just intriguing to me since oh, yeah. a lot of the times these artists are out in the elements outside. I know there's 
there's different processes where you can go inside and but here's uh Thomasina talking more about the, the process behind it all yeah um I like to try to, when I start painting a project, I'll try to be out there from like the time I wake up to like the time I go to sleep. So I'm out there for like 15 hours uh, a day, sometimes longer. Um, Also because like you do, like in the summertime, you have to take your midday break because four o'clock hits and that heat is just coming down on you. And um, definitely heat and the sun is like, I feel like they're always fighting against you. Like when you're trying to paint. And so um, I try to get a lot of painting done um, before it gets too hot or like when the sun goes down. So I have like these lights that I set up and so I can work at night. Um, and so and, it, and it's all different too, because like, you know, different neighborhoods, uh, different places. So like there's some places that you can't work at night, but then there's other places where you can just work all night. And preferably like that's how um, I like to paint in the summertime. You want to make sure that like you get it done in like a, a timely fashion. Cause like, you know, sometimes you're like using people's parking lots and like, they don't want you there because it's like where their customer is going to park, you know, like there's always something that pops up. And so painting murals um, is definitely like, you're always like troubleshooting too. And yet um, always trying to be respectful of other people's faces. And so I like to just try to go in and get it done. Uh, lately we've been using this thing called Polytab. So it's a piece of cloth and you can paint large scale murals inside now. Um, And so it's kind of like permanent wheat pasting, but I know some folks do not um, like that comparison, but it's kind of what it is. Um, And so what you do is you just paint um, in different sections and then you, you piece it together like a puzzle on the wall and it has a lifespan of um, anywhere from like 10 to 20 years. So but I recently did a project off of Lake in Bloomington um, at the La Mecana uh, Mercado. And that was half done with polytab and then spray paint for the rest. So back to more uh, on her specific mur- mural work, I asked about the imagery she uses. Uh, if, if you haven't seen some of her work, you got it. It's very bright and colorful and vibrant. You'll often see sunflowers and other indigenous plants. I think growing up as a graffiti writer, like you kind of have your own style and your own like letters or whatever, like it's kind of like your, your piece and um, it's repetitive. And that's one thing that I carry with me and like my muraling too, is I like to have um, uh, certain designs that I reuse all the time because it's kind of just like what, how I grew up doing art or like graffiti or like, um, painting. Um, and so I do have like reoccurring, um, imagery that I like to use and colors. Um, so it's almost like branding, right? Like, so like, um, I wear all black all the time, like every day, it's like kind of like my weird uniform. Um, but like, I want my pieces to like be bright and colorful and I want to make sure that they like, um, grab people's attention. So I do use like a lot of like flowers and, you know, um, and butterflies and just like um, things that like really do like make people's days better, I guess. Like if you're walking by, like, and you see like all these bright colors, you know, your brain's going to be like, oh, cool. That's one of the goals with um, when I create stuff. And also to like bring, like, I guess, awareness to um, like indigenous plant life as well and like pollinators. Um, And so I think that's really, really important. I don't know. Like, I think it's like really important that we're able to, create pieces of art that make people think about 
about that, about like, because, you know, the butterfly is now like, in, like the monarch is now like on the endangered species list. Like, that's kind of scary. Like, <laughs> you know, what happens when our pollinators grow, like go away? Like, you know, I'm very thankful um, for our um, insect relatives and our birds. And Tommy says her native identity has been an important part of her work since the start. I think it was like pretty much right away. Both my parents are artists um, and like they're in the sense of like doing beading or like pipestone carving. Um, My dad painted and drew. Um, And so I think that always like it was always like a part of um, the art I created. Um, We had this all um, all native graffiti crew going up. So like we used a lot of like imagery um, surrounding our culture too, like in our graph as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think that um, it's pretty much my cultural identity has pretty much always um, had a piece in my artwork. So Tommy credits uh, native mentors for influencing and nurturing her life path. And she also brought up an important thing that graffiti taught her when she was a kid. Like when I was growing up, I basically just kicked it with all these other uh, Native folks that uh, did graffiti and they were like always just like a year or two older, but like they like taught me a lot. Um, So I look up to them um, quite a bit. And then, um, you know, I won't like mention their names or anything, but like I definitely feel like if it wasn't for um, some of these older Native graffiti writers, then like um, I wouldn't have gone in the direction that I am um, or that I have. And so I'm really thankful for that because I think art definitely has the ability to heal and to teach discipline. Um, I had a very non-conventional upbringing. So I like grew up um, in and out of like foster care and um, homeless youth shelters. And I was raised by a lot of different community members in St. Paul. Um, and so graffiti was one thing that... Um, taught me and my friends kind of like discipline, I guess, Um, you know, and so that was um, really important. And I am very thankful for um, all the older writers that um, I had the chance to grow up around. I just thought it was, it was interesting because I've never thought of it that way with like art uh, and uh, kids. And maybe this is something that you would know more about with having a kid of your own, but just like how it can teach discipline to a youth who may who may be a little lost in their in their world at the moment or just I don't know. I yeah, I think the arts is a great way. You know, if it's music or visual mm-hmm. arts, yeah. um, the different ways you can get into that is so enjoyable that I think it helps create a framework for discipline. Yeah, because I know my kid, like, when he does arts, when he does, you know, plays as an instrument, he turns from, he goes from being, like, you know, a scattered nine-year-old to this little professional (laughs) in a suit and tie with good posture. You know, it's just, (laughs) it just helps bring out another side um, of kids to be able to explore how to work in this world Um, yeah in a way that's a little less chaotic (laughs) you're listening to native lights where indigenous voices shine 
Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're presenting a conversation with Tommy Topbear, a self-taught artist, muralist, published illustrator, and organizer from the Oglala, Lakota, and Santee Dakota Nations. Tommy had some great mentors, as she said, and like many of the great people we talk to on a weekly basis, is paying that kindness forward. For example, she's hosting a summer camp geared towards Indigenous youth, uh, but open to all, teaching graffiti and more. I'm going to be um, having a summer camp. So it's called City Mischief Summer Camp um, with Indigenous Roots Cultural Arts Center for 16 to 24-year-olds, where they're going to learn how to do um, uh, graffiti letters, portrait painting. Um, My crewmate Deity is flying in from L.A. to teach that. And then screen printing. And so I'm very excited. Um, so like, I don't know, create like a safe space for folks to learn that. So that's that's really cool, this, uh, this summer camp. Uh, I, she sent me some more information uh, that it's happening in mid-July. They're doing a call out for youth who want to apply. So just, you know, make sure to follow City Mischief Murals on the, the internet, the social medias for news on that. Um, and, and if you'd like to see Tommy Top Bear's work, it's all over the place in the Twin Cities and, and several places around the country, but here's her with uh, more on, you know, where you can find her work. My favorite one would be the one on Lake in Bloomington with Coppola murals. Um, it's it's um, about grandmothers, and we, did, we interviewed elders for it. Um, and it's my, my grandmother and a, uh, one of the collaborators, Mark Cuyon's grandmother on there. So it reflects the Dakota and then um, her Guatemalan culture. And so it's like mirroring the two. But yeah, I would say the east side of St. Paul, I do a lot of work in that cultural corridor over there that um, Indigenous Roots is like really um, trying to create and transform those spaces. Um, So like the sculpture park garden, um, I have a few murals um, down by like Los Paisanos, uh, which features like grandmothers and Indigenous Roots. Um, I do a lot of painting there, but no, I'm just really looking forward to, um, the city mister summer camp with indigenous roots. And then, um, I'll be painting a mural, um, for the Minneapolis, uh, parks department, um, at, um, uh, the day Mataska. So that's going to be on like the West part of the lake. And that's going to be touching base on like strength, strengthening ecolo- ecological connections. Uh, and so we just like want to paint like, you know, kind of the stuff that I like to paint, like flowers, bees. <laughs> um, and so just kind of like letting folks know or like, what does that mean? Like, what is strengthening our connection to like, you know, our surroundings mean? And so I'm really looking forward to that project. And then, of course, um, helping out with the WASH cohort with their capstone project at the end of the year or the end of this season. Well, that's really wonderful. I'm really glad to hear from Tommy. Yeah, it was it was it was great speaking with her and just hearing all the great things she's doing and all the you know things she's looking forward to. So, thank you to Tommy Top Bear, a self-taught artist, muralist published illustrator and organizer from the Oglala, Lakota, and Santee, Dakota Nations. I'm Cole Primo. And I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech for listening. Giggawabman.
Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. <laughs>